Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Folks, as you know, I spent a lot of time reading ProPublica and I've encouraged each of you to do the same as well. There is always journalism there that you can't find anywhere else and very important journalism. What have we all been talking about, low these many months, but mail-in ballots? What is taking place with mail-in ballots today in North Carolina? Well, my guests have taken a look at that. First of all, we have a Sophie Chow from ProPublica and the co-author of this piece is actually with the television news station in Raleigh, Tyler Dukes with WRAL News. The headline, in North Carolina, black voters mail-in ballots much more likely to be rejected than those from any other race. So let's drill down on that with Sophie and Tyler. First of all, uh, how are you both welcome to make it plain? Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure to have you. So let me start with you. Um, How did this get your attention in the first place? Yeah, so 
I mean, we're all thinking about mail-in ballots this year because of COVID. And I actually was inspired by some studies from the ACLU that showed that in Florida and more recently in Georgia, that um, younger and minority voters' ballots were more likely to be rejected. So I read these studies and I was surprised by them at first because um, I just didn't see, didn't know what the numbers were before. And then I started thinking about where else I could basically do this. Um, where else could I also see if there was any discrimination or like bias happening in um, ballots being rejected. Um, and in North, in North Carolina, we were able to get that data. And um, so I just kind of started from there. Tyler, that data was was made pretty readily available, was it, by the Board of Elections? It was. And in, in fact, you know, traditionally in North Carolina, a lot of this data about absentee ballots, just about voting in general, even the normal voting rolls, uh, are all of that very public, very accessible. Um, it's not even a situation where you have to request it. It's just downloadable. Uh, and it's, it's really come in handy over the past couple of years in covering elections and monitoring you know, the flow of votes. And you know, especially it's come in handy in the past for us when we've done things like look into the issues in the Ninth District uh, back in 2018, which ended up you know, essentially overturning uh, that initial election because of some uh, problems with the mail-in ballot uh, system uh, down in the southeastern part of the state. So yeah, this is data that we work with pretty frequently. And what I what I liked about this is this was a different kind of question that we had never asked of that data before until ProPublica reached out to us. We're talking about um, the data from the 2018 midterms, correct, Sophie? Mm-hmm. So is there any way, well, let me not do that yet. Let me do this. Let me put it this way. Um, do we have any hint as to, I mean, I know we can speculate, but do we have any hint as to why black voters' ballots were rejected at a higher rate? Yeah, so that's the really tricky question um, because, um you know, when they're tossing out ballots or not, the people doing that don't actually know the race of the voter. So it's not like, you know, you know what race somebody is. But um, there is a lot of, there's a big history of discrimination um, against black voters in the South. And um, there's also a question of whether or not uh, voters are being properly educated on how to fill out those ballots. So there's not like one simple clean answer that we can see from the data, but it's definitely a cause for concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler, the, as I'm looking at this, black voters ballots, 14% of those cast by mail in 2018, but also same percentage rejection rate, 14%, correct? Uh, rejection rate was, yeah, something around four, uh, 14% exactly right. And, you know, one of the things that is interesting in looking at this data, and this has been changing over the years, but by mail voting, absentee by mail voting in North Carolina has traditionally been the domain of older white voters. 
And so, you know, one of the things we did in the process of reporting out this story is, you know, talk to political scientists and also voting rights advocates in North Carolina. You know, basically, one of the prevailing theories is that black voters in the recent years have been new to the voting by mail process and new voters in a certain process are, are maybe more likely to make certain errors. And so that's one sort of theory here. But, you know, we that is is very much rooted, as, as Sophie noted, in this discriminatory, overt discriminatory actions in North Carolina and other southern states. And, you know, as one of the, the people we talked to, Irving Joyner, who's a, a civil rights advocate in North Carolina, pointed out, you know, a lot of times historically black voters have wanted to show up to the polls and literally see that form going into the tabulator. And so because we see black voters turning out by mail at a smaller percentage, that may be one contributor to this. But, you know, this is really important in 2020 because we're, we're seeing this uh, astronomical rise in the number of people who are already voting by mail. We're already 10 to 15 percent ahead of, uh, you know, in 2016. Um, but, you know, if we talk about a lot of rejections, that might not be a huge deal in a year where the percentage of voting by mail is very small. But in 2020, where this is way larger, this has even more important implications beyond, you know, the people who, you know, quite frankly, in 2018 uh, were rejected, some of them not even knowing that their votes weren't counted. Sophie, um, we do have, I can tell from the article, a glimpse of what 2020 is looking like as well already, don't we? T tell us about that, if, if you would. Right, so um, it's not looking great in 2020 and we're seeing a similar pattern. So at the time that we wrote this, um, the rejection rate for mail-in ballots submitted by black voters was nearly three times as high as the rejection rate for white voters. And, you know, election officials do say we still have time to fix those errors. Voters are supposed to get notified when they make a mistake. But from working on the story, we see that a lot of voters, they just never know that their ballot has mistakes and they don't get the chance to fix that. Is that because there actually isn't follow up to fix the mistake? Or is there some other reason that they're not aware that a mistake has been made? You know, I think reaching out to all the voters is, is a hard job, like in even in writing the story, you know, it's not easy to, you know, county officials have to reach out to these voters and let them know. But, um, you know, maybe they're not getting the right number, maybe they're not uh, getting the right address. Um, or there's simply not enough time to contact the, them all. Um, and especially this year when so many people are voting by mail, the system gets really overwhelmed. Tyler, do we have a sense of what the mistakes are on African-American ballots? We do, and, and essentially what we have in the data is these categories, these broad categories. And what Sophie and I spent a lot of time doing is trying to figure out you know, what do those categories really mean? And when you think about how you fill out one of these ballots, you, you have to have basically a, a set of things checked off. You have to make sure you sign. Uh, you had to, in 2018, have two witnesses. 
those two witnesses also had to sign, also had to put um, their you know names and addresses and things of that nature uh, on that uh, on that ballot. And so all of those things have to be in place in order for a vote to be counted by law. So we saw one of the most common problems was someone forgetting to put the voter signature on the, the that absentee ballot envelope or putting it in the wrong place. Uh, we also saw cases where the witness information was missing, and that might have meant that you know not enough witnesses had signed, or maybe they didn't sign or didn't put their address. And you know these are all things that boards of elections don't really have, or at least in 2018, didn't really have a lot of wiggle room um, for allowing those mistakes. Uh, we, we are seeing something a little bit different this year. So um, we have seen because of lawsuits over the absentee by mail process, uh, namely driven by the coronavirus, um, the uh, requirements are a little bit different. So earlier this year, the legislature passed a law to reduce that witness requirement from two to one. So we should see that come down just a little bit. Uh, the absentee ballot envelopes were redesigned this year to make them a little bit easier to read. And one of the things that's in flux right now is what's called the cure process. So this is the, the process by which these county boards are allowing people to fix those ballots. And that could mean sending them a new one, or in some cases, they're actually sending them um, voters an affidavit that just says, you know, I was the one that filled this out. Um, I put the signature in the wrong place, but it is my ballot, sending that back so that they don't have to go through the entire process again. So, you know, as Sophie mentioned, there is still time to fix some of these rejections. Um, but, you know, we're really going to be watching this closely, I think, over the next couple of weeks to see if those techniques are working. And, you know, frankly, how some of those techniques are even going to work out um, in practice over the next couple of weeks. It's scary. I'm just reading you all's account of, of one subject you interviewed, Bowman Dorsey, who can't imagine. They said her husband's ballot was not in the envelope. And she can't imagine how that could have <laughs> happened, you know? And it seems kind of far-fetched to me if they're both mailing them together. And then she didn't find out, as others didn't find out, that there was this problem until this came up as a story. Right, Sophie? Yeah. Um, so actually, um, they said that her ballot wasn't in the envelope. Her ballot, I'm sorry. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, but she didn't know until Tyler reached out to her. And I think that's one of the really tricky things. I feel, you know, it seems, could she have sent a envelope back with no belt? You know, maybe, but I think the hard thing is that she wasn't contacted. She didn't know about it. And then in the end, she didn't get to vote. And that's like two people in the same household. So I think that the hard part about all of this is that it's, there's so many ways that mailing your ballot could go wrong. And there, it's so important that people know how to fill it correctly and that they're alerted when something's wrong about it. You mentioned um, the curing process. So that is up and running. But I, I guess, Tyler, what you're saying, it's probably a little early to tell about its effectiveness, huh? And I wonder, can you even determine the effectiveness in while an election process is ongoing, for that matter? We can certainly watch it. I mean, if if, you know, what we have seen so far is in any indication, you know, something like 300,000 people have already cast their ballots successfully in North Carolina. So, you know, we're running far ahead of 2016. 
Um, but, you know, in this data, and Sophie and I kind of looked at this, especially over the last couple of days before we actually published the story, you know, the numbers right now, they change a lot. And one of the things we see in the data is these new categories where they're kind of, they're pending or they're awaiting a cure uh, or they've been accepted after a cure has been put in place. For example, that affidavit comes through and the board accepts that ballot. So we are seeing some of these ballots be accepted uh, through this process. We can kind of see that in the data. We can see it reflected in the aggregate. Um, I think one of the good signs here is that we're all talking about this. We're all talking about this, not in the days before um, the election, but a month or more before. And I think, you know, I, I think as a as a political press, one of the things that we're trying to do is make sure we're educating voters and voters are hearing about this and are familiar with this. But we're also seeing the state board, you know, try to take these steps and, and try to help people fill this out. Uh, there's also a lot of other new tools this year, including a, an electronic system that will actually send you an alert when your ballot has been received and counted. Um, so, you know, they are trying to put some things in place to mitigate some of these rejections. Uh, and, you know, hopefully it will work out, but, you know, we will see this start to, you know, escalate over the next month or so. And, you know, but it will be interesting to see once things are all said and done after the election, whether these uh, processes worked. Sophie, how does North Carolina compare with other states? In terms of like looking at race and stuff, so the hard part about all this election, like voting is a very local process. So in every state, people release different kind of data and different numbers. So it's a little bit hard to like just compare because in some states, uh, you can't get that information. Um, but, you know, if we look in the past and we look at the midterms um, in 2018, and other work that has been done, we kind of see the same pattern, you know, like it, the same high rejection rates for minority voters happen also in Florida and also in Georgia. And there's just a lot this year that's special and that makes it difficult. And North Carolina is not unique uh, to that. So like in Brooklyn, where I live just a few days ago, everybody's absentee ballot had several a thousand or so had the wrong name and address on them. So, you know, we see lots of issues coming up everywhere. It's just hard to really accurately measure that all. Yeah, yeah. And it's scary, as you all allude to in the piece. I know for a lot of African-Americans, Tyler, the choice will still be, even in COVID, unfortunately, to go and vote in person because people are fearful then you have that peculiar individual in the White House we all saw on the, on the debate the other night talking crazy about mail-in balloting anyway. Um, and it's obvious people feel he's trying to thwart it with all we've seen with the post office. So, and I know you talk to some people, but in, in general, um, as you were um, reporting on this story, Tyler, did you find African-Americans who were saying, look, we feel safer even than COVID to just go out go down and vote in person absolutely yeah we, we you know we talked to i think uh, more than a dozen voters um who you know either were rejected you know one or more times or didn't end up getting their ballot counted uh, not all of those people made into the story but you know we had i think you know among the people we talked to certainly talked to people who said you know what i'm going to show up 
I, you know, I'm healthy enough. I feel confident in the steps that the, the, my local election board is taking to keep me safe. So I'm going to show up either early or in person and, and get this done. But I will say, you know, we also talked to a lot of people and including the people who didn't know that their vote wasn't counted until we called them. And they said, you know what, I'm still going to vote by mail. I'm just going to make sure I'm really careful this year. I'm going to make sure that I'm tracking it. I'm going to make sure I'm going to have somebody, you know, when they're looking at my witness stuff that they're checking for the things they need to be checking for. Um, and, you know, a couple of people that we talked to, in fact, sent their ballots off in the process of our reporting. And so we're actually able to report back to them. Your ballot has been accepted. Uh, and so I think one of the things that I took away from this is even though this does worry people, it certainly dis disappointed um, these people, many of whom had never missed a vote, you know, in decades, basically, of voting. Um, there was no one here who was deterred. There was no one here who was so disappointed in the process that they were not going to show up again. And I think that's that's one thing that that really we should you know think about and hold on to is that you know, voting sometimes is is maybe a little more complicated than than we think it is. But I I do think that, you know, voters are very committed, especially this year, to you know making their voice heard. And and I heard that from almost in fact every single voter that I talked to over the, the course of the story. Yeah. Well and and I think that's especially true we all know for African Americans. I mean, when you spend um over a century trying to suppress the black vote. I think that obviously makes it more precious um, for those of us who understand the importance of exercising it. So we kind of alluded to it, but just for the record, Sophie, obviously you all are going to stay on this story. What's what's next for you all in, in the reporting process as you all continue to, to look at this? Um, well, at ProPublica, actually, we're looking at voting problems everywhere, basically. Um, so North Carolina, obviously, keeping an eye on that. And this year, because people are so um, worried about their vote, there there is data being released um, all the time about um, the people who are able to vote or not. Um, so keeping an eye on that. But I'm also working with reporters in Florida at the Tampa Bay Times, looking at voting there and issues there, uh, looking at voting issues uh, with polling places in Georgia. Um, so there's a lot to, there's a lot to keep track of, but hopefully uh, we'll be able to find some of these problems early enough that people can have an opportunity to vote and make their vote count. Yeah. Before we go to Tyler, is, is there any advice that you might give North Carolinians or others for that matter listening, how to feel more secure about their mail-in ballot, how to make sure, I like what you said about the, the notification. Sophie, I don't think we even have that in New York. Uh, where you get <laughs> so I'm like, you know, we need that here. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, um, any advice you would give to those to say, well, how do I, ensure that once I put this in the envelope and mail it, it's the way it ought to be. Yeah, well, or Tyler, do you want to talk about the tracking? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, the, the, the guidance that we have been certainly getting from local election officials, and as so Sophie noted, you know, so much about elections is, is local. And, it, you know, these are your neighbors who are running these processes in a lot of cases. 
Um, but I think, you know, the advice that we've been getting is, you know, do not wait, um, you know, create a voting plan for yourself. If you feel comfortable voting early or voting in person, you know, make sure you know where your precinct is, make sure you know uh, what your plan is for voting. And if you do choose to vote by mail, go ahead and get it in early because uh, that gives you some time, even if you're careful to sort of watch that process and make sure that that ballot is, is going through and getting counted appropriately. Um, you know, North Carolina, obviously, you know, we as uh, the media organization have been putting out a lot of resources about guiding people through this. But, you know, the state and local boards have also been doing that, you know, the FAQs and the, you know, frequently asked questions and things like that. Ballot tracks, I think, is a pretty interesting service this year. This this um, electronic monitoring system where you sign up and it will you know, send you text alerts when those ballots are received. That's a pretty nice thing, to be honest. We've never had that before. And I think that's a really good tool to help you keep track of it. I, I think it's a lot easier when you are used to going to the polls and you're, again, used to sliding that you know, form right through the tabulator like a lot of us are. Um, when we're doing it by mail, sometimes it can feel like we're on our own. You know, we're sitting on a kitchen table and all we've got is the form in there. It can be kind of daunting. But, you know, follow those directions. You know, don't be afraid to ask for help or to seek out some external resources. Do it early and, you know, keep checking it. Make sure your vote is counted. Sophie, you were going to say something too, I think? I think Tyler covered all that. But yeah, always the earlier the better. Um, that's what we saw from our reporting. People are supposed to be notified and have an opportunity to fix their ballot. But especially with how many people are going to vote this year, uh, you want to give as much time as possible. Yeah, we are definitely in for one of the most historic elections ever when it comes to mail-in balloting. And uh, we also know how much of a political issue um, it has become. So folks, check out the piece at uh, ProPublica uh, and um, on these mail-in ballots in North Carolina, black voters mail-in ballots much more likely to be rejected than those from another race. I, I do have to ask this one more question though. Do you all, you mentioned Sophie that you can't necessarily tell from a ballot what the race of the voter is, correct? But can't you kind of tell probably from the address would that not be revealing I'm, I'm just curious so when you looked in within the same county black voters um, ballots were more likely to re be rejected from white voters so possibly if you're working there you could but i think what we're seeing is that like even in the same places that was happening okay okay interesting interesting all right Sophie Chow, Tyler Dukes with us. Great piece at ProPublica. I know you all are going to stay on top of this. Keep us informed, if you don't mind. And thank, thank you for joining us. Thanks all for right. having us. All right. Thank you both. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.